2: All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Dropping the Gloves. Tim could not be happier. You are on cloud nine right now. Just tell everybody why.
0: It's the third fan in a row that said, hey, where's Tim? Hey, John, nice to meet you. Where's Tim here? It's unbelievable. Uh, Well, you know. Someone's taking our picture right now. I for the kids. Someone's taking our picture.
2: They're taking your picture, (laughs) not me. They're taking Tim's picture. It's never
0: been about me, John.
2: But we're at the GLI right now. Just so everybody notices, we're doing a live episode here in the Amway Section A Jack Daniels Make It Count bar area. We just wrapped up Michigan Tech's game. Not good.
0: That was hard to watch.
2: It's one of those things where you're you're watching something terrible happen but you can't look away and it just kept getting worse it's like a a car crash and you're like there's no way another car is going to hit that pile (laughs) and then it does and then it does again and again and then they change the goalie and then he gets scored on his first two shots faced yeah and then he finally makes a save and the crowd erupts i'm just like oh my gosh oh the poor kid it was was the worst yeah and it was bad because i skated with them in the morning I drove down to Grand Rapids early and I skated with the team and it was a blast. We had a lot of fun. The vibe was great. Everybody was feeling it. And then you hit the ice and the puck drops and 60 minutes later, it's a completely different scene. It was just... It was hard to watch, wasn't it? Just be honest. You're not a Michigan Tech guy. What what do you take away from this game?
0: Well, it's they were favored to win. They're ranked a couple spots higher. And then the, the very first shift we're watching two minutes in a couple scoring chances, they missed the net, and I'm like, okay, the tech looks really good, and then it all went downhill from there. They scored, but it, it was one nothing after one, and we're like, it probably should have been three or four. So that's not a bad period, all things considered. And then second period ended seven nothing. It was and seven. they scored probably six goals on ten shots,
2: and they were they were good goals. Yeah. So it's fun. I, I was talking to one of the ads or one of the people with tech, the higher ups about just the disparity between the NHL and the AHL and college hockey and the OHL. I think I might have talked about it on the show last time, but those guys are good enough playing the NHL, some of them. They really are. And it's hard to translate from you just watching a college game to watching an NHL game. Some of those guys, mostly tonight on the Western Broncos, Tech didn't bring their legs. Most of those guys on the Broncos, there was three or four who were lights out skilled. Don't you think?
0: Yeah, there was some really special passes being made. And then, honestly, as the game went on, you could see, like, okay, it's 3-0, it's 4-0, and Tech starts getting really tight, really nervous, afraid to make a mistake. And then uh, Western just lose, and they're creative, and they're having way more fun, obviously. And then they just led to more goals. So, yeah, that's uh, not what we came down here for.
2: I tell you what, if I'm making a playoff team, <laughs> I'm taking some of those Western Broncos. Like, that, that's who I'm picking. Those uh, guys seem like they – let's talk about that a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Because I – I went to bed in a great mood <laughs> yeah. and then I wake up and Tim goes, you're trending. And I'm like, well, how something good obviously happened. It's post Christmas. Everyone's in a great mood. The holiday spirits flowing through everybody. No, no, no. Then I checked my Twitter feed vitriol hate just straight wrath and anger at me. What anger Hey, pure anger. It's They're amazing mad. how people get mad over a 40 140 character tweet when I just said something so innocuous I said I wouldn't pick Connor McDavid in my top five players if I'm making a playoff team maybe he's number six maybe he's number seven I think on the show I said he wouldn't be top 10 yeah (laughs) but I, I stand by it I don't want to spend too much time on this but I don't know yeah, I could list off ten guys who I would like to have on my team. The
0: part that 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 I don't understand is like, okay, you get the people that are like, "Oh, John wants attention," or "John's a moron." One of the stupid pick, Connor's the big—he's the best player in the world. Whatever. Like, I understand all that, but you're getting people DMing us, like f bombing and like verbally assaulting you. Like, you are a moron. F you for for saying that. Love it. Like what? And I they're not it. even doing it from burner accounts. I almost screenshot him like I want to tweet him up.
2: Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? there like, are grievances. Why, why is it why are you so mad about that? It's having, fine. Uh I love the interaction with my fans. And I'm not doing it for attention. <laughs> I, I it's honestly how I feel. Because it's the same thing with goalies, right? Who's the best goalie in the league right now? Uh Allmark, honestly. Who were you taking into the playoffs if you had a choice right now? Shisterik and Vasilevsky. Yeah. And I know they do have good years. Vasilevsky hasn't really played well in the last few years, but he's got playoff history. He's got playoff success. Right. So I'm taking that guy. And I know McDavid, he puts up a lot of points. He's got the flash. He's got the bang. But when it comes down to brass tacks, it's third period. I need someone to make a big defensive play. I need someone in a clutch situation to make a play. I don't know if McDavid can handle that. If they win a cup this year, that'll change my tune. He's never won on the international stage, as far as I know. He's never won in the NHL, as far as I know. He's never won anything substantial, as far as I know. Did he win in the OHL when he was with the Erie Otters? I don't think so. So he hasn't won anything of note. Correct me if I'm wrong. Well,
0: okay, you used to hate, or you still hate, and we used to talk about Ovechkin, and now you hate Connor McDavid, and you think they're both bad players, and you wouldn't want them on your team.
2: Should I continue? All of our listeners are like women. They just take one little snippet of what I say and just hone in on that, and they miss the rest of the 40 minutes of where I just wax poetically about how great they are. Drives me nuts. My wife's like that when we're in in an argument. I'll say one thing. But then I'll just like say 10 more things to kind of buttress up my argument. And she won't She, how dare you said that about my sister four years ago. Let's talk about that. I'm like, what? This isn't even the issue. It's like, I love Connor McDavid. I wish he was a friend of the show, but he's not. Probably he won't be forever. Thanks to that little tweet I put out.
0: Well, even aside, like if you're starting a franchise, I would think he's still your number one pick. I mean, you could say, OK, maybe McCar or maybe someone a little bit younger, but he's still probably the number one pick if you're, if you're building a team. But I think the point was like, it takes more than skill alone and more in talent to win a cup. And we've seen that time after time. And then they're saying, like, well, Kucherov's no good defensively. He's a slouch, but Kucherov's got two rings, man. And yeah, he's got, they're a better team than the Oilers, obviously. But I don't think, I actually don't agree with you. I think I would pick them in my top five, but it's not that, like, egregious to say that is my point.
2: No, it's not. But uh, people are passionate. That's hockey fans. I, I, I don't fault anybody for it. What do I know? I'm just some goon wino who's been hitting the head too many times.
0: So back to the GLI, they lost. Was it seven to one, eight to one, eight to
2: one? Did you ever lose that badly? You know what I was thinking during the game. I played in Edmonton when I was with the Chicago Blackhawks. We lost nine to two. Here we go. And this is one of my claims to fame. I know. I know where you're going. Nine to two. Jordan Eberle, I think, had seven no, points. It was Gagne. Simone Gagne. No, no, no. Yes. Sam Gagne. Yes. Who's Simone Gagne? Simone
0: Gagne was a Philadelphia Flyer,
2: Flyers yeah. number twelve. Sam Gagne had I think seven or eight points. Eight, four goals, four assists. I was plus one that game <laughs> in a nine to two loss with the Chicago Blackhawks, the defending Stanley Cup champions. We went into Edmonton. Edmonton was a train wreck, a dumpster fire, a surefire number one overall pick. That's what they were going to get. I I was plus one.
0: Do you remember, were you on the ice for two goals? I was on the ice guess? for
2: one. So one goal. For I never got scored on. There you go. Don't check my ice time. <laughs> Might not have been high, but I did not get scored on. They should have an award for points
0: per minutes played. Or, or plus minus per minutes played. You
2: know what? I tell you what. I was thinking about this today in the shower. Because I skated with the Michigan Tech Huskies this morning. And that's a whole other thing. I was ex- absolutely just gassed. But it was fun. I was showering up. And I was like, you know what I should do? I want to go and see my win-loss record, my whole NHL career, all 296 games. What are my win-loss record look like? Because it's—I know the guy in San Jose did it, Kevin Kurtz, and I had a winning record. I—I I bet you I have a winning record
0: by a lot, by a lot. Because because that team—I don't think they were sub 500, but they weren't very good. Were you sub 500 that year? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, just say you're 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 35 and, and 57 or whatever that math turns out to be. 47. You were probably in the in the. 35 games that you played, I bet you were like 20 and 15. Yeah. Something like that. Maybe yeah. more.
2: It's too late. And I was actually thinking in the shower again. I do a lot of thinking in the shower. It's the only time <laughs> I get peace and quiet.
0: I sat down with the family for five minutes. In the I shower? Was, no. no. <laughs> what? I was sitting watching the game. Within five minutes, I have people crawling all over me. I'm stepping in gum. I'm covered in popcorn. It's and an active five group. Five minutes in a public place.
2: It's an active bunch. They really enjoyed they want you to come to the pizza party later, by I'm the coming. way. But anyways, yes, uh, I do think I have a winning record in the NHL. I don't want to make it all about me. Let's make it about the Michigan Tech Huskies. Let's make it about the GLI. It was a lot of fun, college hockey. What are you taking away from this experience, Tim? We're going to have Michigan Tech's athletic director coming in here in a second, Suzanne Sandergrad. I'm going to talk to her, try to weave through the massive loss that we just faced. How was your experience? We're going to take off tomorrow. We're not going to stay for the consolation game. What are you taking away from this?
0: No, I had a blast. I still, it's still a lot of fun. I mean, it's still good hockey. Like these kids are really good. And then if you're, if you're Michigan Tech and you're the host, like this is your tournament and you lose in such an embarrassing way. Oh, I mean, okay. Do you, do you get up for the game tomorrow? Do you, are you still trying to win third place? or they
2: even care? You have to, you, you have. have, you, and this is the hardest job as a coach, somehow getting your players to forget and to move on and to not dwell on the loss. Cause a player will go to bed. They'll be upset. They'll be pissed. Take that energy and funnel it into the next game. So they go in there fired up, not wanting to repeat repeat their mistakes. This will be a, a tough coaching job for Joe Sean, the head coach of the Michigan Tech Huskies, because you can carry this with you, and the losses mount, and you just get used to losing. That's why the good teams, you go watch their seasons, how they progress. They don't go on big losing streaks they don't lose more than 3 or 4 in a row. I know when we were on good teams, they always really really were harsh on okay, we lost one, we're not losing two. And if we lose two, there's no way we're losing three. Like they just it cannot happen. All right, I want to go back to the Connor McDavid thing cuz I i I'm, <laughs> I'm fi- Who was your five then? If if you're taking five guys to the playoff, three forwards, two defensemen. Who are you taking for your five? I know you didn't do any yeah. prep for this? I'll tell you my five first. Okay, on defense, it's going McCarr and Hedman.
0: Yeah,
2: they, I think that's a no-brainer. Not really a no-brainer, but it's a, it's a it's a great pick. Up front, I'm going McKinnon. I'm going Crosby, and I'm going Kucherov. Those are my three. That's that's my five right there. I think that's a, a no-brainer. All five of those guys have won Stanley Cups, multiple Stanley Cups. They play responsible in all ends of the ice. Kucherov, yeah, but at least he's there. He's given an effort. They don't turn the puck over in egregious times. They're two Halifax boys, Cole Harbour. But that those are my five. Who were your five? You're taking McDavid. I know well, that you're such a <laughs> Tim. Just oh, the fans are upset. I'm I would have picked McDavid. Well, he's still the best
0: player in the world. And this is the point that I, that someone made on Twitter It was like. Hey, you know what? Last year you would have said you would not you wouldn't have picked McCarr and McKinnon necessarily because they hadn't won. Three You're years right. ago, you might not have picked Ovechkin because he hadn't won yet.
2: I'm still not picking Ovechkin. Guy right. can't score anymore.
0: Yeah, he's on pace for 50 goals. Okay. I think if I'm picking my
2: 42 team, empty netters.
0: It's uh on the back end, McAvoy and Lindholm. <laughs> on the front You're such Bergeron a d- between just, Pops All right, and thanks
2: and everybody Schott. for joining us. Come on. Oh it's serious. Yeah, yeah, you okay. know what? I wanted Bergeron. Because when we talked earlier, I did say Bergeron. I did yeah. not have Crosby. So I'm going to take out Crosby, put in Bergeron.
0: See, I could pick a team. You know what's? I, I can't pick a better D pairing than Hedman and Makar. Because I'm thinking, okay, but Yossi. But you can't make an argument over the other two. And then I really like, and this is boring, but Jacob Slavin is the best defensive defenseman in the league while being no slouch
2: offensively. It's but, Jacob.
0: But can you can you pick him over those guys? No. I don't think so. You so, can't. That's, so, yeah, I think it's Hedman and Makar and then... Yeah, McDavid, Kucherov, Bergeron.
2: It's a, a great line. It's a it's a great—who's your goalie? Um, Shesterkin. I'll take Vasilevsky. He can't go wrong. He can't go wrong with either one of those guys. That, it, both lines win the Stanley Cup. Don't get me wrong. I love Connor McDavid. Not if I'm picking five players.
0: Yeah, and, and you know similarly, like if you put you put McKinnon on the Oilers, they're not winning anything either. And if you put McDavid there, they might have won two years in a row. You know what I mean? So it's it's hard to you can play what if all night, but I just can't imagine not picking the best player in the world. That's Although, our job.
2: Well, well, are you taking LeBron for your basketball team? I don't. I couldn't even do basketball
0: anymore. But I would say like I don't think it's that egregious. Like I understand your point. I think it's a totally valid point. I would still pick him, but I don't think it's that out there to make that point.
2: Well, I just think they're, at a point, you have to look at the a totality of a player. I know he's gifted offensively, and I know he's going to rack up points, but there are players just as good as Connor McDavid. Maybe not just here. as good. Yeah. Choose your words carefully. Offensively, he's the most gifted player. Maybe ever. Ever. Two ways, he is not. He's He is not gifted defensively. That's all I'm saying. And when it comes down to the Stanley Cup Finals and it's the third period and there's two minutes left and we're up by one, I want to know I can put a guy on the ice who is responsible, who knows how to play in that situation.
0: Yeah, but what about two minutes down by one? There's no one in
2: the world you want. You're right,
0: David. And then, yeah, Mario Lemieux' famous quote is like, hey, I'm not very good defensively, but I have most of the game with the pucks on my Can't stick. play defense when I have the puck on my tape. Right. Yeah. So, so and that's McDavid. And he, we looked at his stats. He's averaging over two goals, two points a game last year. And he's got like something of like 50-something and 30-something playoff games in his career. Plus 15 last year. He, like, he's not, he's not, it's hard to imagine a better no, player. No, he's
2: averaging zero cups a year. He's doing great. Yeah. And I don't have a cup, so what do I know? So, yeah, anyways, everybody, with the, the fans are clamoring for Tim. We have to get going. Thank you for joining us. We're going to get Suzanne Sanregrette coming in in a second, live from the GLI. We will talk to you soon. Cheers. Cheers. Suzanne Sanregrette, AD. You got. I got to introduce you first. Suzanne Sanregrette, the athletic director for the Michigan Tech Huskies, is here to join me. Big deal. Probably the biggest deal I've had on the show here as far as just title goes. What didn't you say Suzanne?
1: I don't know about that, but I'm really happy to be a guest and to be a part of your show and I think it's first time for me, so excited to chat a little bit.
2: You'll do fine. So we just finished the game. We won't delve too far into that because it wasn't the result wasn't what we expected.
1: No, not at all. It was pretty painful. It was painful. So. <laughs> the we were playing the
2: Western Broncos, Western Michigan Broncos. They did have do have the best offense in college hockey. Everybody knew that coming in. They showed it. They were good. You have to give them their due. But Michigan Tech didn't play up to our potential. I'll say that.
1: No, I felt like we were still, uh, didn't get our feet under us. We lost it, I think, in the second period. Um, And then it was just really hard to recover at that point. And at that point, I think you're just trying to get out of the game, get, get through it.
2: You're trying to get to the next game to build those good habits after that game. But let's move on. So we're at the GLI here. Like I said, this is the 56th year of the GLI. We moved to Grand Rapids. We're at the Van Andel Arena. Why the move?
1: Well, I think that we were at Little Caesars and in Detroit for what, 55 years? Um we were really running into some scheduling problems in Little Caesars Arena. Not only were the Red Wings, uh, do the, not only the Red Wings play out of there, obviously, but the Pistons do as well. And scheduling became really difficult with getting decent days with decent game times. And I think one of the things we have to consider all the time is the student athlete experience. And because of the scheduling issues, we were playing on days where it wasn't very convenient. Um, and I think times we had to play third place games at 11 and 1130 in the morning. And I think that was really difficult. And that's where the student athlete experience comes into play. And let's face it, Little Caesars Arena, they have some financial model that's a little different than the Joe.
2: So what do you want the student athlete to take out of this? I, I went to the Joe and it was it was a great time just because you're around the NHL players. What do you want the tech hockey players to get out of coming to Van Andel Grand Rapids the whole experience?
1: Well I think we have a lot to build on here it's you know Southwest Michigan is really growing we have a lot of alumni in this area Uh, Van Andel Arena we have players that are playing for the Griffins we have that's a reasonable um, goal I think for a lot of these players and I think we have a lot to build on here the community is growing Grand Rapids is really behind the tournament and in terms of the experience, a full house. We weren't always getting that at Little Caesars and just better times. A great experience for, you know, our fans downtown. Uh, a lot easier to walk around downtown Grand Rapids than, than um, Detroit at some times. And uh, I think the experience so far has been good other than the result of the game. Well, today. even with
2: the first, the first game being, I'll call it a blowout, it wasn't great. The fans were involved.
1: The fans were really involved. It turned out to be a great, great venue. We have a lot to build on here, which we're really excited to do. Uh, again, great partners with and Arena. A great showing by our alumni to yeah. buy the tickets and come out. So really, overall, a great, great first experience here. Inaugural tournament. It really
2: was. It's a good opening <laughs> show. So we'll move on. We'll move past that. You're an athletic director. You're a woman. You are one of the pioneers in that field. You've built Michigan Tech Huskies, hockey. You came in as an athletic director, I think, when I was in my senior year, maybe my junior year. We were a struggling program. We were ter- We were bottom basement every single year projected to just maybe win six, seven, eight games. You came in, revamped the whole program, built a brand-new arena. There's skyboxes. The buzz surrounding our program is nationwide, not just north of the Mackinac Bridge. How did you go from a team that could barely get into recruits? You had to get John Scott, who was <laughs> awful, and now you're getting NHL draft picks. People want to go to Michigan Tech. It's a destination. How do you do that as – I don't – I have seven daughters. I, I, How do you do that as a woman D1 athletic director, go from such a disadvantage position to now like the top of the mountain almost
1: well i wish we were at the top of the mountain but we're we're climbing there we're climbing there and we're not going to give up we're going to continue to climb there um i you know what i think the first thing is is realizing that what my weaknesses were and surrounding myself with some really great people to complement that just like any team you know you fill your gaps with with good people and that's what i was able to do i have a staff that i've worked with right from the beginning um, recognizing who could, who could assist me with decision-making and who I could bounce things off of and who could, and who I could trust in the process of, of building, um, an athletic department, um, at a young, a young female without that experience. And I think, you know, I credit a lot of my success to the degree I have from Michigan tech, my MBA, um, an athletic department is a business. It's managing your resources and that's people and dollars. And we're fortunate that I had really great support of leadership from the president and the board of trustees and all down. Um, and just a lot of great support from, like I said, the team we were able to assemble in terms of our assistant ADs and other staff.
2: So when you juggle sports and I thought about this, when I went to tech, do does the D one program get a little bit more love from all the people at tech or does it evenly distributed <laughs> to everybody?
1: I think our community and our alums are, are really great about supporting all of our programs. Yeah. Um, and, and that is really made my job enjoyable. I think there's at times where you have to look at who your competition is to make decisions, yeah. which, you know, when hockey's going against big 10 schools and, Um, Other powerhouses that are full on D1, you have to make some decisions to be competitive at that level, whereas the D2 level, you want to be competitive there. So you look at those as your peers. Well,
2: talk about recruiting a little bit. How hard is it to get someone to come to Michigan Tech? Because Mm -hmm. it's not just the athletic program, which is top notch. It levels up against anybody else in the country. But you also have to meet the academic standards because Mm -hmm. Tech sets a very high bar there. I know personally (laughs) it took me seven years to graduate, but I did it. How hard is it on your end to get recruits to come to tech?
1: It is a challenge, but I think that our coaches have done an excellent job recruiting student athletes that really want a degree. Let's face it; you wanted your degree. It might have taken you seven years. It it, you only took a detour because of your pro experience. Okay, so that that's you know. That's okay. Um, but we still have a lot of student athletes at the Division One and Two level that really choose Michigan Tech because of the degree that they're going to get. And they're they're really thinking about what am I going to do when my pro career is over? What am I going to do when my collegiate career is over? And they're going to have a great degree that they can fall back on and, and make a living and, and better their life. What
2: would be a more satisfying cherry on top for you? Would it be moving to a big school, someone poaching you from Michigan Tech and going, you know what? University of Wisconsin comes knocking. They want you to be your AD. Or would it getting a national championship for one of your, your big core sports? What what are you striving for? Uh,
1: the cherry on top would definitely be a national championship. Okay. I think Michigan Tech is a really special place. And to win a national championship while doing it right yeah. with a graduation rate of 93%, with GPAs that are off the charts, with engineering majors, and to win a national championship at, at that level would be exactly what I want. That would be the pinnacle. All right.
2: So what can we expect tomorrow? Michigan Tech obviously did not have their legs tonight. They're the defending champions pre-COVID. We We lost two years. We missed two years because of that COVID. Can we expect better from Joe Sean and the Huskies tomorrow?
1: I think you can. I think when we've lost games this season, we bounced back on on night number two, and I would expect nothing less from, from them. I hopefully... You know, these kind of games sometimes happen and you just got to close the book and and regroup and let it go and and start over tomorrow. And
2: I want to actually ask you this too, Mel Pearson, former coach of the Michigan Tech Huskies. He was the assistant coach at Michigan, University of Michigan. Big, big program. Red. What's what was their coach's old name? Baronson. Red Red Baronson was leaving. He was out the door. Mel was going to get that job. How do you pull him from University of Michigan knowing he's going to get that job?
1: Well, I think at that point in time, I thought it was the best choice for our hockey program to, to try to turn it around. Well, he would and
2: have been a good choice for any program. Any
1: program, exactly. And I think being an alum at Michigan Tech helped, having, having been a player and also a, a, an assistant GA, a GA and an assistant coach there. Um, it was the right move at the right time. Um, always knew that his ultimate goal was to be back to Michigan. Um, knew that in the hiring process. Yeah. And um, that all went as, as planned. Um happy what he was able to do with our program to to turn it around and and kind of make that change that we really needed to see
2: and then current coach Joe Sean is pretty much he hasn't missed a beat at all
1: no and I you know I think recruiting has changed a lot in just the last year or two and we need to adapt and and grow from that and I know that the recruits we have coming in we've we've changed up our style with some of that we've we have some new assistant coaches on staff that are really out there doing what they need to do in terms of um, where you need to be and how you need to be recruiting. And uh, I'm really happy with what we have coming in in the next two years.
2: Love it. Well, fantastic, Suzanne. Thank you for joining us. I appreciate it. And hopefully the next time you're on, it'll be under better <laughs> circumstances. following a W. It'll be following an 8-2 to two win. That would be good. Next year at the GLI. Well, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Suzanne Sandberg, everybody.